From ghostly worlds beyond to write at your summoning table. These are all my spooky children. <laughs> Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano Siles. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Spooky Children, a podcast where we take your spookiest prompt, spin it into an original fantasy character, and use it to populate our fantasy world one story at a time. Boom. It's astounding, a little bit confounding. Time is fleeting. As me trying to mash in the lyrics, it didn't really work, but wait, you wait, get wait, the wait, idea. Wait, were those Monster Mash lyrics? No, Aaron, those were not Monster Mash lyrics. Are you serious? Yeah, because I got the lyrics to Time Warp wrong, so like... <laughs> oh, I don't know uh, Rocky Horror either. I feel like there are a lot of gaps in your Halloween music library, honestly. Well, I mean, you know my... If there's a movie, I haven't seen it. That's fair. Rule. Like, I That's haven't fair. seen shit. I've never seen, like, I just saw Grease for the first time, like, three weeks ago. Weren't you in a production I've of Grease? I've done Grease, <laughs> but I've never seen the movie. Was it was it Grease or was it Grease Live on ABC? No, I didn't see Grease Live either. I, that counts I as actually, a movie. I enjoyed it, I'll admit. Because I, that's I the stage version. Stage version's fun and stupid. Watching it yeah. live is great. The old one has its charms, but, like, watching live theater is always magical. Oh, yeah. The thing I didn't like about Grease Live was, and that I, I say this... I want you to understand, like, what it takes for me to say this. Yeah. Carly Rae solo number was unnecessary. Oh, 100. Hundo. Hundo percento. Like, I want you to understand, like, I'm that not... That hurts. That, what, it, what it means to me to have to say those words. It's okay. Even the best fall down sometimes. It's true. It's true. It's something about stars and shining. Even... Even the wrong words seem to rhyme when you're working in the lab late one night and then your eyes behold an eerie sight. Ah, ooh, back to spooky. <laughs> um, what's getting you, what is a, let, here we go. What's, um, what's, instead of what's getting you excited, what's something that, uh, what's something that scares you without getting too deep? <laughs> oh, Aaron, I mean, a lot of the things that scare me are specifically getting deep, so it's, like, um, hard well, to say. Okay, okay like, a, what's a movie that scared you in the past? Oh, you know what movie scared the hell out of me is 1408. Oh, fuck. 1408 scared scary. the bejesus out of me. I don't like, what What specifically, what specifically scared you? Um, it does this thing a lot, so there's two things about 1408 that scared the bejesus out of me. Mm-hmm. One is they do this thing, and it's really, really clever. I could even really go three things, but I'm gonna stick. It, I'm gonna try to limit my time talking about this to a few key points. Okay. They do this thing that's really, really clever, where they build you up to a jump scare, and then they do not make a jump scare. Yeah, they play you out a fucking lot in that. They movie. do it so often where they're like, he creeps around a corner, the music swells, and then he turns a corner, and there's nothing there. I think and we may have seen that movie together in theaters, by the I way. I think we did. I think we I did. Think, I think Brian Tatnett, like our friend yep, Brian yep, was there. Yeah. Totally. Hundo. I think like, yeah, we saw that movie together. It scared the bitch. So they do that. There's the idea. There's the f- a spoilers for 1408, a 10-year-old oh, come on, movie. movie's like a decade-year-old. <laughs> uh, they do a fake-out happy ending. Oh, shit. The night, it's, I, a night, oh, it's a nightmare. It's so, so wrong. Like, where, like, it works out, and he gets out, and he reunites with his family, yeah. and then, like, he turns a corner, and he's back in the hotel room. Yeah, that part was a lot. I remember being like, oh, that was really easy. Like, this story is, this movie's <laughs> fucking <laughs> whack. And then you're like, oh, no! John! John, no! <laughs> and then the third thing is, when Samuel, like, the line, there's no murders, there's no ghosts, it's just an evil fucking room. Yeah. Is like the most beautiful, like, horror. Like, it lays out the exact horror that you're in for, and then they just go for it. It's my favorite. It's the best. I love that so much. It's probably my favorite horror movie. I don't know. What about you? What's a a horror movie story thing that has scared you? Here we go. I have tons because I am very not good at scary movies. I get scared easily. I'm afraid of lots of shit. Um, I went and saw The Ring. When I was fifteen, okay. uh, we hashtag we old. 
Um, and I could not sleep for like two months without thinking about it. I thought I was being followed all the time. I thought because I watched the movie, I always just thought something was going to like get me. I was afraid of like being alone and stuff, which is, you know, my point is though, I was riding on the subway yesterday. I didn't bring my switch on the train after work and it was nightmarish because 90 minutes on a train, just like with your thoughts, I'm like, fuck this. I'm pulling out a notebook. So I wrote about like, what is scary to me? And to me, it's the the dark but more so, and I was like, what? I was trying to be deep because it was like one in the morning. And I was like, what does that mean? And for me, it's that feeling of uh, uncertainty and unpreparedness that the dark kind of presents. Where it's like the idea of walking into like a dark tunnel. I was looking down yeah, the subway platform. Sure. I was like, and like there could be anything in there. And like when I was a kid, um, I would like anything that involved like a closet in my room, I would whip it open because it's that just in case kind of fear. Oh, like yeah, I know sure. there's nothing probably in there, but there might be. Like a shower oh, I, curtain. I know, that, I know that feeling real well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's kind of giving me, like, that's kind of everything that scares me about movies. That's why It kind of really got me when I was a kid, because it's like, oh, this person could be a clown in disguise, could be Pennywise. Yeah, right. Transitioning. The prompt this week, by the way, is very good. I asked for spooky prompts, and I wanted to make, like, a scary episode, and I don't know. It's, it's all my spooky children. It's October 14th, y'all. And this prompt comes to us from Just Gazer. Prompt. Have you heard of the shadow mage living all alone in that old tower? I have a theory. Each night, our shadows have to go somewhere, right? Why not to that old, creaking, dark thing out there? Why not to the ears of the mage? What do our shadows whisper, I wonder? That's real good. That's a real good... I mean, we're done. Like, wrap it up. We can never follow top us on that. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, if everybody follows us on Twitter, don't forget to like and subscribe and ring those bells for all the notifications you'll ever need. No, but that's real spoopy. That's real good. I have a question for you. In all terms right. of last All My Spooky Children, we made a constellation. Yeah. And if that can, what if we did that again because we're making like a legend again? Because okay. I was thinking about, like, Sleepy Hollow and, like, spooky legends. Like, because a lot of urban legend movies and media is, like, a myth. You know, like, the right. Candyman or I Know What You Did Last Summer. So what if this is a constellation and we find out why they become that? Okay. Sure. I'm into that. So there's a shadow mage who eventually dies, ascends, becomes, like, this thing that people call upon. The tower. Sure. Oh, fuck. God. That made me choke. <clears throat> that was very good. Um, So the tower is the constellation. Yeah. Big, you know, line of stars running up, a lot of stars, like, windows around it. When people call upon it, is it because they want to scare someone? Is it when, like, you want to incite fear? Is it when you want to scare someone or something? Yeah, I think it's, hmm, you know what I love? I, You know what I want to say? Going back to the prompt, the idea of, like, shadows whispering in your ear, I think it's when you want to, like, know something secret. When you okay. want to, like, uncover, like, a secret piece of knowledge. Yes. Like, the tower, you know, and it's high here. I'm going to throw out some lore. You ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. The connections are being made in my head. I have a feeling I know where you're going, and I'm very excited. The idea of, like, elvish, uh, mm-hmm. like, detectives mm-hmm. and towers and a noble houses. If the tower is this constellation thing that, like, when you want to know a particular secret, you call upon it. And you, 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 you wait for the whispers. You wait for the, you wait for the shadows to whisper in your ear. Yeah. That's very, that's a cool thing to me. I dig it. So that's what the constellation does. Like it's for gathering information, finding out secrets. And like, of course you can use those secrets for any multitude of purposes. Like kids have often, I think on, maybe on fantasies, like whatever version of Halloween, you know, people would be like, you find out, like even in a light gesture, <laughs> it's a grand gesture, but in a light way, it's like you call upon the tower to find out like your best friends, like what they're most afraid of. And then you dress as it for Halloween or something, mm. you know, like something like that. But there's also like people who are complete shitheads and like call upon it to like invoke, you know, they become essentially like, uh, like a myth of like a, a ghost. Like if people are like, we're most afraid of, you know, like a Tarask or like some kind of goat demon, you know, they call upon it and they take that form for like one night and run through the town and scare all the children. Sure. Just as like a tradition, just something. Yeah. But I want to know about this shadow mage living all alone in that old tower because the constellation is the tower and it's for finding out secrets and the shadows whisper to you. Now, who was the person who died and became the tower. 
Hmm. Where do we you know? want to start? Um, let's start with their pronouns. Let's just start okay. at the very beginning. Um, I'm going to pull out my dice box from Stellar Empress and roll a d6. One horse. So right. he is. So he is a shadow mage living alone in an old tower. And each night, our shadows have to go somewhere. And why not? Why not go to that tower? Uh, why not to the ears of the mage? So our this person is essentially he's making our. Do you think he's drawing our shadows to him, or do our shadows want to go to him? I like drawing our shadows to him. And they give our. They spill our secrets to that. Yeah, to him. for sure. Of course. Why else would he call upon the shadows? Because he wants to gather information. Yes. Okay. So, I don't want this to teeter too much on Dusk Seabreeze, but I... Okay, no, I actually kind of do. He, the, the, you immediately going to Elven secrets and stuff like that, I'd like the idea that Moon Crescent has a lot of myths about... Like, because they're, they're weird. They're like, of all our cities, they're like fantasy fantasy, where there's like magic towers and like mythic people and orders and knights and shit, like grand houses. They remind mm-hmm. me a lot of like... Just, like, high fantasy. So why not have a lot of, like, historical figures and myths and legends of, like, magic and mystery, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yep. So who is this mage? You know, do you want to use tables? What do you, uh, like, what are you thinking? Do you have any pitches? Do you have any ideas? So the the visual that comes to me, and again, like I I will we'll probably bounce some things off of Dusk Sea Breeze because like they feel these the idea, you know, Dusk Sea Breeze's prompt involved being like a shadow broker. Yes. I like the idea that this is so the visual that immediately comes to me is an inverted pied piper. Oh fuck. God. Where like yes. it is like a musician that like plays a tune that the that the shadows like come to. You know what I mean? Or like like the mythical equivalent of like a um, jeez, I lost words for a second. Of like a siren, right? Like yeah. where it sings a song, where he like plays a song that is essentially you know drawing shadows to to him, right? Yeah, like, they, yeah, of course. That is that is literally described it very perfectly. You didn't lose yeah. anything. That was bomb, and it's it, it gives me this like you said, like a siren song. It calls people. It's it's just this. Song that draw so okay, so the shadows just appear, or they're like you know they're because the sun goes away. Yes, our shadow goes away, and that's when as soon as the sun goes out, this person, this shadow mage, starts playing his song, and our shadows come to him to give him information. So does he know like everything about everyone, every secret, or every every fear, every what? What does he do this to do? What does he do this to do? You know what I mean? What's the purpose? Why the hell would you do this? He's a shadow mage. We can also say, like, we can take that nibble of information. Yeah, right. And so it's a person who has control over what is literally just our shape, but in the absence of light. So I, I want to throw out I want to throw out a detail. Okay. That, like, this all happens at dusk, because, like, when you picture, like, shadows at dusk, they, like, stretch Yes, you know oh what my I mean. God. Like that's so how, cool. The the visual of them like stretching and clawing and like pulling away, yeah, from people to go to this tower is very cool to me. I dig that a fucking lot. And so they go there. They go and they tell. Does he want something? Like what does he? That's okay. what I'm trying to figure out. Because if you have information in Moon Crescent, you're powerful. Goes without saying. But this is, like, crazy powerful. What if it's not just information? What, like, what if, what if it's something else? Why not to that old creaking, reading the prompt, that old creaking dark thing out there? Why not to the ears of the mage? What do our shadows whisper, I wonder? If you have secrets over someone, you can exert control over them, exert power. Sure, sure. That is one thing. But what else could you do if you had someone's uh shadow does he make doppelgangers does he you know because i'm thinking spooky you know does can he you know if you learn if he learns enough about his person can he make a shadow version of you you know is it something like that where it's like you know body snatching type thing not taking anybody but making a copy of you it's recording fantasy's hottest podcast i mean obviously Please don't make us go down that road. I mean, we can, but I don't want to go down that road. I wish, sometimes I wish we did this live recording. <laughs> I had, like, my hands in this, like, very, like, you know, we're articulating. I just, like, dropped them to the table. And, like, it's so much disappointment. It was like, <laughs> this is officially the worst episode of all time. 
I was like crestfallen. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So essentially, like, what I what I wanted to ask you, like, your opinion is: Are these shadows our own shadows, or are they like his agents? Because essentially, they're like spies. They're sp- our shadows are spying on us. It can be both. Okay. Are they actually our shadow? I think they are. I, I like the idea that they are literally our shadows. They have some element of us that we can't quite put into words. Like there is some, you know, element of our lives, experiences, stories all in there. Yeah. And he is pulling on them to do something. Can I can I give you a pitch? Yeah. You said that it's uh, it's something that we don't know, the shadow. What he takes from you at when the sun's going down and your shadow stretches, he is pulling all the fears, all the worries, all the negative stuff, like all this, the poop feels, basically. He pulls that out of you at night and gathers it in one place and maybe is accumulating it into something, is using it for something. He can be benevolent. He doesn't have to be bad. It just sounds really bad. It could be like the Sandman. But like maybe he takes all the sadness, the malice, the the negative feelings that we have in the course of a day, and they whisper that to they whisper that to him and he does something with it. I, I like the I immediately that sounds benevolent to me, and I want to Go in the direction of like a benevolent gesture that has that has soured. Oh, baby! The okay, idea yeah. of you know the idea of it, it. There's a little bit of Nymphaeolacus in that, like it is doing a thing to make people feel better, like doing a thing like I'm going to pull all the sadness away, and then suddenly you know all of that negative energy is just in one place. Yeah, it has to go somewhere. It doesn't. Yeah. You know, it can't be destroyed. Yeah. Oh, I fuck with that. Because, like, you said in, um, this is how much of a nerd I am of our own show. You said, like, in a Constellation episode that, like, the Constellation is a representation of the person and what they accomplished, not the actual thing. So, like, the Constellation is, like, you find out people's secrets, you know, voices whisper to you and tell you information. When the person who lived was this mage being like, I know what I can do to better my community, low tide is butt. What if I pulled all the bad feelings that we have over the course of our day and I draw them and I put them in like a bottle? I like literally contain them. But it's like, you know, of course, what if it spilled out and like flooded this area or something like that? That's the kind of the image that comes to me. Or simply, I mean, it could just, you know, have been too, maybe like, okay, here's what I'm going to throw out. Okay. Here's my legend. This happened once. Perhaps this was before Nymphaeolacus. Perhaps this was this was ancient, right? Like this was the you know this was the legend that like predates Nymphaeolacus. That to a certain extent, she looked at this legend and said, "Okay, no, I you know this was this was what was tr- uh, like this was a legend she was trying to disprove." Mm. about like once upon a time there was a mage that tried to pull all of the pain and sadness into one place. And in doing so, there was just too much of it. You know, he pulled too much pain into one place and was consumed by shadow, right? Was obliterated. His tower crumbled into ash. There was not but there was not but a circle of of unplowed earth where his tower once lived. And now in the stars, there is a tower that wisp that there is a tower that our fears circle around that if you pray to if you call upon its power you will pull fears from it i fuck with this i know that i want his name to have like some kind of implication of like gloom and shadow um i'm thinking of ocean words like vortex maelstrom swirl um you know because i'm i'm seeing this point that he's accidentally created of just like malice you know what Mm -hmm. i mean the maelstrom of like the the tower itself eventually was known as um tower of gloom the maelstrom of malice uh i don't know ooh the riptide of shadows the riptide of shadows is very good cuz it'll the, pull the, you in yeah it pulls you in and it's like basically the 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 kind of feeling I get when I think about it is this place where if you were to go, it's like when you walk through a haunted house that you pay for, you know, this place where everything jumps out at you. Mm-hmm. It would be like if what jumps out at you is like people's 
sadness, malice, anger, and like you embody it for a second. Yeah. Where like you get angry, you get sad, you get all these negative feelings, and you come out feeling just terrible. Where it's like this literal physical manifestation of what was it called? The the riptide of shadows. God, the riptide of shadows is this thing that it's like stay too long in there and it the riptide will pull you under. Yep. It will turn you into, you know, a miserable shit. Or like a shadow creature, like oh. a literal a literal you know, the shadows will literally you will you will literally find yourself distorted by shadow. I fuck with this. What is his name? Uh Wisp Wisp Bog. I had I had a good one. Hold on. I like Wisp as a first name. Wisp is good. Bog Bog? Oh no, it was Bog Wispin. Bog's Wispin was 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 the name I came up Bog's with. Bog's Wispin. Bog's Wispin. Okay, so Bog's Wispin is the shadow mage yeah. who accidentally did this in an attempt accidentally created the um the riptide of shadow because he, he wanted to pull negative feelings from people. So now that we have that groundwork, let's talk about Bog's. Let's talk about Bog's because that means that he's one incredibly powerful. Or tried to become. You know, this is a grand gesture. This is a power move. You know, so... Hubris. It was hubris. I like this idea that... Because you said there's a lot of Nymphaeolacus in here, and I dig that. Because every day, Nymphaeolacus, the leader of the elves, holder of the quill, would send you a letter that tells you everything you need to know when you start your day. And what if, like, conversely, like, on the opposite end of the spectrum, was someone who's like, yes, but what about... You know, when you're, when you're, when they're shutting down for the day, what about the end? What if literally, like, over the, great, we all get letters that tell us everything we need. But what about the end of the day when we've been taking in so much shit? Everyone's feeling so terrible. These tides are so challenging sometimes. What if I can just take that from you? You know, what if someone could just take it? You know, what is, that means that someone, one, they're incredibly empathetic. You know what I mean? They, they feel terrible mm-hmm. for the situation of the elves, for a situation of everybody. Is it on Earth or is it just Moon Crescent? I think it could be on Earth. I like that. Yeah. I like I like because I, I feel like it's very legendary if this person is like known of hubris, you know, is like made of pure hubris. Right. It's yeah. like in one gesture, I am going to take away all of the world's prop. This is why I was like, this is why in my head it's a legend that like Nymphaea Lakis like learned from. So here's what I'm going to pitch. Yeah, I'm ready. Make a pitch. Can I make a pitch? This is the legend that Nymphaea Lakis like read, learned, and was like, so you can't you can't fix the world in one giant gesture. Instead, it is a series of small, you know, personal gestures of 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 kindness, of caring. You cannot sweep up the world's problems in one big ball and then cast it off into the sky. Like that is not a thing that you can do. Yeah. Which is why which is why her approach was a letter at the start of the day telling you what you need to hear, like how you need to hear it. Because the simplest answer is it can't be one large gesture. It has to be a thousand small ones. But, yeah. and I think, you know, that also adds that, that very painfully real element to, to, to Nymphaea of she lost sight of why she yes. started doing it that way. And eventually fell down the exact same path of the legend that inspired her to take this different approach once upon a time. I am obsessed. I am obsessed. Let's find out the life of uh, Bog's Wisp. Um, how do you want to do that? We could roll on D&D tables to start and then like just to generate ideas. We could go with that. You know, just something. Because I'm thinking of like, because it's easy to be like, you know, they see the they see the sadness and discomfort of the world. You know, the world sucks. And they're like, I can, you know, how did they how did they learn how to do this? You know what I mean? This means they experiment in shadow. This means they experiment in. I have a pitch before we do that. Okay. Before Catherine, like the first channeler, like people who use emotion to generate great power. There were people who pretty much like the predecessors to that practice, and they were people who literally tried to control emotions through magic. Like okay. people who uh, tried to saw the magical power of feelings and of of exploring feelings, but instead was like, no, if you get angry enough, you can shoot a lightning bolt. Right. You know, if you if you can take all the malice in people's hearts, you can create a giant monster. This is that kind of thought. And they're like, wait a minute, but if you can pull, if you can literally, 
use and channel energy, like emotional energy, you can put it somewhere. You can lock it away. You can, because it feels like Pandora's box is what we're kind of bringing it to. And I yeah. like that. That it's like, the, you know, you couldn't, I see the image of someone like trying to put the lid on a jar and all the shadow just pours out and like surrounds this this keep. You know what I mean? This tower. Mm-hmm. And I, I fuck with this. You want to make this a hooded, you want to use the hooded figure background? Of course. Hell yeah, hooded figure. All right. Where'd you find that, by the way? dndwiki.com's 5th edition backgrounds. Uh, it's just a fan-made one. I figured it was a homebrew. I get, I like, home I get excited for the homebrewed. Uh, let's see. Aaron, do you, first one, do you want to roll on favorite section? <laughs> oh my god, I can't put that in the episode! <laughs> for those of <laughs> for those of you... <laughs> Who are wondering why I'm chuckling? Jeff made an allusion to how horny this table's <laughs> gonna be, and we make no, we make no, uh, we make we don't want to hide how horny these tables get. But this might get horny. Am it's I, Halloween. I it's no horrifying. Idea if it's going to. I have not looked at any of these results. Yeah, and I will say I want to preface this with whatever the result is. I want to play a game of we try to make it spooky. Okay. Give yeah, me a we'll D8 twist for it. Personality trait. All righty, Rudy. Let's get it. Eight. I like to study how people act to see if they might be hiding secrets, like I am. Stop. What? Seriously? That's it? That's yeah. really good. That is, that is good. Okay. So this is someone who, what, like, just me? Okay, I have a, I have a pitch, which is, like, spooky scary. Mm-hmm. This is someone who, like, has a lot of friends. This is the social, like, life of the party, so many parties, so many dates, so many lives, but is only doing it to gather information, to make these relationships, to get to know people, to see what makes them tick. It's like bad actors do this all the time, where they're like, I like to sit in a bar and just, like, watch people get to know them, to, like, see how the other side lives. You know, I mentioned that in, like, Wizard or something, Mm -hmm. but, like, this is to a greater extent where they have notebooks of everyone they know and they're like, what is their secrets? What is their life? Like, what is bothering them? Because they're trying to get to the root of, can I extract what makes them sad? So they're they're one of those people who loves, you know those people who love life chats? Yep. When they're like, hey, how are you? And they're like, hey, you want to talk about some real life shit? And you're like, I'm eating a hamburger at a barbecue. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. No. I feel I a little called out. That's not true at all. They don't do that at all. I thought I thought that was a nice conversation for a barbecue. Next time I won't invite you to my barbecue, Aaron. You don't want to come to my barbecue, that's fine. Jeff, it was three o'clock in the afternoon, and you were like, hey, you know what? A lot of tough stuff happens when you're a kid, doesn't it? And you're like, holy <laughs> shit. Oh my god. But that is him. That is uh that's Boggs. All right. Boggs like wants to know a lot about you. But not because, like, you know, he plays the role of compassionate, like, oh, man, I love Boggs. Everyone loves Boggs. Let's just call it. That's the sitcom. His entire city, everyone he meets, people love Boggs. You know, he's like, he knows exactly what to say, you know, plays the chit-chatty, like, oh, I'm an open book, blah, blah, blah. But really is scribbling down all your information and has, like, catalogs and Rolodex about people he meets to be like, I know this is fucked up. I know what I'm doing is not okay, but I'm doing it so that I can take that from you mm-hmm. because I'm doing this like to be a hero. It's, of course, that age old tradition that we love on this show where it's like someone is like, I'm doing this for the right reasons. I promise. It reminds me a lot of Ozymandias from Watchmen. I don't know what that is. Which one is that? The He's the one that blows up New York. Oh, fuck. Jesus, Christmas. Um, I forgot about that part. I watched it on a cruise ship with my grandfather. <laughs> uh, he, it reminds me a lot of, like, I am learning everything I can learn so that, like, when I do this thing, which is yeah. a horrible thing and will, like, you know, will doom me and, like, I will carry that burden. I will destroy it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's this thing yeah, where completely. it's just, like, he's got all of these things because he's, like, it's it's he's bearing the secret that, like, he's preparing this enormous thing. This enormous, like, earth-shattering thing. Yeah, like, I will just eradicate sadness and malice and anger and anything that isn't good feels. And why is that? Like, the the thing that I think is interesting from what you just said, this Ozymandias comparison, is what kind of person does that? Do we want to roll on an ideal and find out? Oh, fuck, I forget. Yeah, of course. Give me a D6. <laughs> that was just a transition that was really excited. It was a good, a good transition. Thank you. Obviously lying. Um, that's my secret. Um, animal D6, go. Two, fish. 
Framed. I never did anything wrong to anyone. This isn't fair. I was framed. Oh, my God. People find his fucking books. Oh, for sure. Oh, my God. And he's, like, pushed out. Like, you know, he's... And nobody like... And I don't want this to sound like the fucking Joker movie. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. I'm going to throw this out there. I've got a pitch for this. Yeah, please. I think they find not his books, but his plans to, like, summon all of the shadows and misery into one place. Yeah. And, like, it is, you know, this thing where wizard like other other magic users are like this is a terrible thing yeah you know what i mean and they 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 paint like they portray it as you are going to create the sort of monstrosity that will you know eviscerate the planet like you are going to you are you are dabbling in arts that you are not prepared to dabble in completely and you know in his mind it's like well they came for like they came after me like i had no choice but to follow through with the plan less than fully cocked because they came after I my I, my work was only partially finished. If I had time to complete it, then perhaps I could have done things differently. But it was now or never. I made the right choice. I made the right choice. I did it for the right reasons. Sure, I did it early, but it was that or they were going to come and stop everything. And then what? Then we're in the same position that we're in. I was trying to make a better world. Dang, dang. So he still defends this tooth and nail. Oh, for sure. Dang. Defends Fog it, sucks. Defends it until the shadows tear him limb from limb. <laughs> I'm obsessed. All right, what's next? A D6 for a bond. Two fish. I only had to run because I am in love with someone that is too dangerous. <laughs> okay. Okay. We, we we can make that work. Sucker for a pretty face. Sucker for <laughs> a pretty face. Um, I think... Hmm. Okay, no. This can be driven by, like, love of another person. You know what I mean? Like this, this whole gesture can be from like, you know, he feels love for an individual or for people or for more than one person. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, of course, like it's, it's a compassionate keep... gesture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what I, what I mean is like, it's a, it's a, such a compassionate gesture. It can be inspired by like genuine affection for, for people, Yeah. you know, and it's, but what, like, what were you thinking? No, that's exactly what I was thinking was like, he cared, was like, it started out with someone who really does love getting to know people and people watching and learning about people. And he just started seeing pain and sadness and said, I can fix that. Of course I can fix that. I'm a great, I'm a great and powerful wizard. Yeah. I have like, I, it's crazy that uh, uh, like, you know, hanging out with people, hanging, learning all these things. And eventually it's like wait a minute, I'm experimenting. Like, this is one of the earliest, if not the earliest person to experiment with, like, emotion magic, you know? Like, what led to being a This is why nobody does it for generations, is because the first person to really powerfully did it, do it. Fucked up. I mean, and it's, (laughs) like, it's this terrifying combination of when, like, genuine compassion meets overwhelming, like, toxic hubris. Yeah. This idea of, like, well, I can fix the world, obviously. Like... I don't need, I don't need help. I don't need, you know, it's this, it's this idea of like, I can do this on my own and I don't need help or anything to do it. I'm just that good. Yeah. Like I have this skill. I can literally fix everything with this one thing. I don't have to tell a single person about it because I am that powerful. And then when word gets out, it becomes, well, no, what the fuck are you doing? This is a, this is a nightmare. You're a dark wizard. Like you're fucking, you're a shadow mage. You know what I mean? Like you, you've been pulling our, you've been pulling our shadows at night. Like to talk to people, like to, to tell us your secrets. Are you? I think it took one hero to like you know, or people just being like you know, maybe they followed their shadow. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because I do see it stretching and pulling, and like a shadow, like Peter Pan style, like runs along the ground. You know, how it like yep. stays on a flat surface, and they follow them, and they're realizing that like billions of shadows are leading to one area in Moon Crescent, and at the top is this fucking guy with a book open and like a magic chest to keep them all locked up and it's like what you know you stumbled upon like this is my grand gesture to the world like hi everyone like it's me boggs i want to help you this is to take away your sadness yeah it's like you can't you're making me sad right now boggs fuck i love this give me a d6 for a flaw all right spooky d6 go <laughs> five ant thoughts of whether i should turn myself in or not cross my mind you know the work is important to him 
And unfortunately, it's like, you know, what I'm doing is dangerous. And I know, like, you know, he's not a villain. This isn't like a hooded figure being like, and I will ruin the world. It's like, fucked up. This is, of course, we have a lot of Icarus-like stories, but someone who, like, pushed and pushed and pushed, pushed too far, got arrogant, shit the bed, no coming back. Yeah. You know, and it's like, not someone who did this, they did this with good intentions. But hurt, but but caused a great deal, because, like... Yeah, I think they caused a great deal of harm because, like, you know, they they animated those shadows. And I don't think you can unanimate those shadows. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when all yeah. of that power surged into one place, all of those shadows, like, you know, we our shadows came back. Yeah. But those shadows, like, a piece of those shadows ripped off and now there are just shadows, like, stalking around the plant, like, fantasy. Yes. You know stealing secrets there's a piece oh wow that's very good because what you're saying is like what what makes this i think even more like sad almost is that like every time that he uses this like shadowmancy you know it takes a piece of you like it took a small tiny bit of you like that secret is part of you and he literally plucks it from you or like that bit of sadness that like you know makes people who they are is plucked and taken and put in a jar or take put in a chest and he's like it can't hurt you if it's not there and it's like well that's part of me you know you can't just fucking do that and so now like now that it's been all unleashed there are just oh i like secret gathering shadows like running along the ground the walls the ceiling you know sometimes there's just and where do they they just run back to the tower I think they just, like, stalk around. Yeah, I like the idea that they, like, you know, they, I mean, what does the prompt say? Every night they come back to the tower and they whisper their secrets. So, you know, this is just a thing. This is just, like, a thing in the world is there are, like, creeping shadows somewhere between an ooze and a a, a stalk, a shadow stalker that, like, steals pieces, like, pieces of people and identities and secrets and carries them off to the tower you know this this constellation in the sky and that's perhaps what calling on the tower does it calls these creatures to you to take the secrets from them dang you have to fight the thing you have to fight the shadow stalkers and get to get their secrets yeah like you have to wrestle secrets from them essentially yeah i love that okay so i have a pitch for what happens to solve this okay because we have this problem of this um God, the riptide of, what is it? The riptide of shadows. God, it's so good. I just kind of want you to say it at this point. The riptide of shadows is this tower in Moon Crescent, swirling and consumed by shade and anger and shit feels just swirl and uh, encompass it. You can't even get near it. Like, even if, do you have to be incredibly powerful to even get near it, to like breach this darkness? Because I feel like when you get near it, you feel this weight like a physical weight, like where like gravity is enhanced, but also like a weight in your heart. Mm-hmm. And it kind of repels you because that was the gesture to like, I want this. I will contain it so that other people do not. It like tries to keep people away. But, you know, people are curious, blah, 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 blah. But back in the yesteryear, a great hero arise because all we talk about with um, Nymphaea Lachis is the sad stuff, is the bad things. And I was realizing, like, I want to make a heroic tale about Nymphaeolacus. And I think why the tower is so important and why it's important in, you know, Moon Crescent culture and this world legend of, like, don't try to solve problems with one grand gesture. It takes, like, you know, a journey of a thousand steps, not just one leap, is because when she was grown and she had her quill, you know, one day she walked to the Riptide of Shadow and cleansed it. She cleansed the tower. She released the shadows. She took it, and that's where she roosted. That becomes her home. I love it. That becomes her tower. So it's like she, using her grand magic of like light and joy and warmth, she eased the pain of these shadows, and she like released what kind of grips them to this world, the sad feelings that like all of us have that like you know that tie us to certain things even if it was generations ago even if it was like the dead like the anger of someone who had passed years and years and years ago she released it and somewhere the essence of someone felt a weight on their shoulders lessen like there's things are still out there you know shadows still roam you can call people call upon the tower and bring them back but the tower the riptide of shadows 
was cleansed by the warmth and the joy. Like, she walked through, she pierced the weight of shadow, and she put her hand on, like, you know, she sat down with each one of them and just kind of, you know, spoke to them. They didn't speak back. They're just shadows and essences of anger and misery. And she comforted them and Mm -hmm. let them vent, listened to them, and, you know, kind of did what did what Boggs couldn't, which is understand that it's going to take me to sit down with each and every single person's sadness and secrets and everything and let them know that it's okay and that you're not alone and share bits of yourself and things like that and kind of give them the comfort they need and the ripped, you know, the shadow was cleansed. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Now, finally, to break a little, not break tradition, Jeff, do you want to roll on a magic item or two that Boggs had? Just for sure. It's a fun way to end it. It's a sad fucking story about this person who, like, tried everything to take sadness. Oh, hello, police sirens. Well, um, while we wait for those sirens to pass, I'm just going to send you this tweet, and I want you to react to it on mic because I, I appreciate it a lot, and I think you'll also appreciate it a lot. Okay. <laughs> it is... It's a picture of fucking steamed hams, but one of the steamed hams has been taken by the fucking goose. <laughs> that looks incredible. It looks real good. At that, Bill Oakley made an amazing... God, that looks so good. Uh, it was from via Instagram at will.a.holmes because Bill Oakley was the writer that created steamed hams. Holy shit. That's awesome. But yeah, do you want to roll on a magic item that they have? Yeah, sure. What do you want it to be? Pick me a category. Give you like a brief list. You want it to be jewelry, clothing, armor, weapons, book scrolls. Oh, a container. We can have a container that they tried to lock the thing in. That sounds cool. The shadow. I'm into that. Yeah. And then it's got just magic because it was, you know, where this magical thing happened. Yeah, of course. Give me a D100, please. The stakes are high. Because you need a 69 to make it three in a row. But I know that you have literally, I think the odds are one in 100. I rolled a, I rolled a, Z, I rolled a nine, but it was just a nine. That's close. That's close. 709. Lead-lined box. Appearance. A heavy 12 by 12 inch box made of thick oak planks. Inside, the box is lined with a dull metal. Enchantment. This box... Jeff, I am kind of shook. This box can safely store anything. Fire, acid, magic. This box is impenetrable on the inside. So, got a hold of this magic box that cannot be destroyed and was like... You know, I I think it's like the perfect recipe of like, I'm a powerful mage. I did. That was part of the steps was like getting a box that cannot break. But like, it's not about breaking. It it can contain anything. How did it? Okay. I know we're 45 minutes in, but like with editing, not that much. Why did it break as like our closing note? What, what, why couldn't the box stay shut? I mean, it was simply too, there's too much. Like there's talk to, there's talk to this day that perhaps, and I think, here, here's the note I'm going to close on. Yeah. It was too much. It simply was too much sheer power, right? Like, yeah, the scale of it was too grand, was too terrifyingly grand. And I say all of that to say, that's the voice in the back of Nymphaea's head. Mm. Like, that's that's that 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 terrible inkling in the back of her mind of like, well, it broke because it's, there was too much. It broke yeah. because it was too powerful. It broke because he tried to do it to the entire world. He tried to take everyone's sadness. If, he, if, if perhaps he had just tried a smaller thing, if perhaps he had just tried to take some sort of gesture to a smaller group of people, perhaps, perhaps his flaw was that he looked to the whole world instead of simply looking to the community around him. Perhaps mm. if someone were to try just with their community, perhaps it yeah. wouldn't break. Perhaps... Perhaps the story of Boggs Wispin is not that you shouldn't do this, that you shouldn't try to take people's sadness. It is that you can't take everyone's at once, but surely you can take just a community's. One person's hands cannot close the box with that much power, but several hundred people with all of their energy and all of their magic and all of their will and, you know, effort could have shut the box if Boggs would have let them let them in i think that's the voice in the back of of nymphaea's head as she goes well maybe maybe i could take away moon crescent sadness Mm. maybe in one magical gesture i can i can fix it for them i couldn't fix it for the whole world yeah but perhaps i can in a single nocturne i can fix this that is a wrap love it 
Holy, all my spooky children. God damn. And also it turned out he was a ghost. It turns out that Bog's Wisp was dead the whole time. He carried his head in his arms, like, and he rode a horse. <laughs> Imagine this whole story of a headless horseman. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. We didn't even cover the fact that, you know, on his journey to becoming, to conjuring the Riptide of Shadows, at one point during his journey, Boggs Wispin, working in his lab late one night. What happened? His eyes beheld an eerie sight. For you see, there was a monster on his slab that began to rise. And suddenly, what? to Boggs' surprise, he did the mash. He tried to open the box. <laughs> he let the sadness in. He did the mash. It was a stupid idea. He should have just been nice and told people about what he was doing. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, Just Gazer, for your amazing prompt. Uh, Gazer, you Twitter to tweet at us this incredible spookums prompt. And if you'd like to submit your own for future use in an episode, by the way, we're I want I want to try to do spooky stories all month of October, so we have what? One left, two? Two. Yeah, fuck it. We'll record two in October. Yeah, of course. So, if you want to tweet at us your spookiest prompts, there are so many ways you you can do it. You can tweet <laughs> at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. You can go to our Discord at bit.ly slash amfcdiscord, post them there, or you can go to allmyfantasychildren.com. Goddamn right. While you're there, be sure to check out all things All My Fantasy Children, chat with us in the Discord, listen to music from the band camp, and all cool things like that. And while you're on the internet, there's a podcast that you should be listening to. Jeff is dead. <laughs> What a spooky, what a spooky surprise. Jeff, no! Oh, God, he's just been recording from 1408. Yep, they oh, got me. no. Evil they Rube, got they got me. I'm all right. Should, I'm alive. You should, I have to keep this in. You should be listening to Jeff's other podcast. It's very good. Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with a friend. We play a two-player game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop Tuesdays at partyofonepodcast.com. Yeah! Uh, while you're online, All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. It's home to incredible RPG content like Skyjacks, a show about cool pirates in a fucking really cool, like, post air punk steampunky world it's so good you should listen to it. it's very good actual play lots of cool world building details that i've been learning about lately um what else do we do in this show we do verbal hug we ver- we verbally hug you because we want you to feel better than when you started we know we scared you just now we know you're all full of adrenaline and all scared and now let's bring it down with a verbal hug <laughs> what do you, do you have anything off the top of your head um sometimes you know Sometimes you got you got to pause, you got to take stock and you got to like change your approach and that's okay. You know, like it's okay to it's okay to to miss, I guess is what I'd say. Like mm-hmm. it's okay to set the target at the wrong spot. It's okay to take the wrong approach at something. Um that's something that I've kind of run into lately with like to-do lists and stuff is like I was taking mm-hmm. the wrong approach. I was thinking about it in the wrong way. It's like okay, you know, I think it's I I personally feel like it's more important to try a thing, have it not work and move on to the next thing than not try a thing and don't go for it. You know what I mean? Like completely. You learn so much from your failures. You learn more from your failures than your fucking successes. Yeah. Like you're going to whiff. You're going to whiff some swings. You're going to you're going to you're going to strike out a few times. And I think that's fine. Like, I think that it's okay to do that. And I think that's something we all need to consider. 100%. God, if anybody can teach you about learning from their failures, it's us. Because do we still make episodes like episode one, Slip Willis? No! We don't play a game anymore. We don't go through that. We didn't like it. So we pivoted. Like, there's just, you know, there's, we, this, if you've listening to this and you've listened to the backlog, you know, like, how much this has changed, how much the tone has changed, how much, like, our goals have changed. And that's pivoting. That's intentional because we, we weren't feeling some stuff and we wanted to go in new directions and do things that we do like so we started it's all good we're still making the show we're still having fun it's okay to pivot it's okay to fall flat on your face if you get up and you if you get up and try again Mm -hmm. i feel like we're one of those like bad twitters that are like you know if you just fail you can get up and try but like no we're telling you from experience that like i've failed a lot of things (laughs) yes 
Yes, God, yes. We'll have an episode where we just like recap all of our failures. I mean, we we... can recap the episodes that didn't come out. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, God. Um, So we have Rick Nightshade, which we've mentioned before, is about a werewolf uh, raccoon There's the cougar. I don't remember if we even named the cougar. The cougar? I don't remember that. You don't remember the were cougar? I thought that was a. I thought it was Rick Nightshade. No, Rick Nightshade was a werewolf. There was also a cougar oh. wizard that was also a cougar in the sense. Oh, that of- was terrible. <laughs> was terrible. We got forty five minutes in and then went. This sucks. This yeah, is bad. Like, oh my god! There, there was an episode. The first mascot episode. I failed so bad because my mic was on fucking full gain instead of lowest gain and so the entire episode is just me basically like putting my microphone in a microwave <laughs> and so we like we like and i learned like watch your fucking levels kids watch watch, watch those levels kids anyway that's pretty much yeah. that's what i got Any, anyway that's what i got too it's okay to fail it's all right you learn a lot um yeah and that's about it like i hope you feel good like we we love making this show we love you don't forget to tell a fucking friend about this show if you enjoyed this tell somebody help us grow won't you indeed we failed a lot now it's time to succeed hell yeah and i think on that note until next time good Good night night and good game. game When you're young, you wonder if such a place could exist. A tower that holds a generation's worth of misery. It sounds like a story used to scare children, but there it stood. And as I approached the riptide of shadow, I remember thinking, if I had this ability, might I have tried something similar? In the days of old magic, who was to know what would happen? There were no myths and legends to learn from or inspire us. They say back then that the night sky was vacant, waiting to be filled with greatness. But when you look up at the stars, and a thousand eyes of the tower stare back at you, do you see a great hero or villain? I don't. I see a being to be pitied. I can only hope that if some part of the ancient shadow mage resides in that tower among the stars, they can see the actions that we take and know we work to complete his dream. Now would you care for another sip of ice wine? What? Yes, I always talk this way. No, this is not my first, first date. Lumina, are you making fun of me? I'm trying to tell you about where I live. I mean, yes, it's the tower, but I cleansed it before moving in. And from what I've heard about your place, cleaning is the last thing on your mind. (laughs) I'm funny. You like me. The shadows told me so.